Welcome to Unabashed You, conversations to become who you already are. The focus at UY is to be who you are without apology, for you are one of a kind, without equal. Be encouraged as these conversations will help you think, celebrate who you are, and move you in some way. Your companion to the whimsy and beauty of the human spirit, Rochelle Condi now. I asked Sean to come back to the show to have a conversation about a health challenge he's had for the past few years. Chronic digestive issues, along with brain fog, has made Sean's life difficult, to say the least. And to watch from the sidelines, knowing there is very little I can actually do, is a source of constant heartache. They say a mom is only as happy as her least happy kid. And on some level, I have to agree. Okay. Sean is here with me today. Welcome, Sean. How's it going? Going well. Thanks for asking. Okay, we're going to do some rapid fire round eight of our Elster blog questions. Rapid fire. Rapid fire. And from there, who knows where we'll go? I have an inkling. Okay, so here we go. Tapas or pasta? Okay, I had to look this up because I don't think I've ever been offered tapas. Which is sad, because after looking at a picture of it, I was like, oh, like a charcuterie board almost? Like, that looks really good. Yes, please. I don't know if I can eat most of the things on there, but I would like that over pasta. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, good. Ask permission or beg forgiveness? I don't want to beg and grovel. I just, I'll ask permission. (laughs) If the toilet paper roll is really low, but not completely out, do you replace it or leave it for someone else? Okay, this like cuts to the core of my soul. I have zero patience for people that leave you in the trenches. You cannot leave a square, a single ply and just be like, eh, whatever. No, you can't do that. You're a monster. This reminds me of Thomas McBee. He was on the show several episodes ago, and his piece of wisdom that he keeps handy is, how you do anything is how you do everything. Hmm. So something as simple as, do you you know, replenish the role or do you not? So how you do that little thing you know, can carry over to how you do all the things. I thought that was a good point. If I ever have a psychotic break, it'll be because someone did that or didn't return their shopping cart. Like, it won't be a big thing. It'll be a small thing like that. (laughs) And it's like, I feel very George Costanza. Like, we're living in a society here. Like, you have to do your part. Yes. Amen to that. Very passionate about it. How many redheads are you friends with? I don't have all my friends... um, like counted off by hair color, that it's not a document that I currently have. I don't know. I uh, a a smacking of red-haired friends. I don't know how many. Smacking. I like that. Uh, you know, sounds like it sounds like a handful. A rarer trait than dark and blonde. So probably less friends than people with dark hair or blonde hair. Okay. What's the type of triangle with two equal sides called again? 
Okay. Those of you that are listening to the podcast, I wish you could see my face right now. It's in agony with like an eye roll, but my eyes are closed in anguish. I don't care. Uh, I don't know. I don't care. I, I know. No, I don't care. Okay. That's, that's fair. And re- we need to be reminded that uh, your grandparents met in a remedial math class at junior college. So that kind of sums it yeah. up. That Doom sums it up start. right there. Um, what's your favorite carnival food? <laughs> this is assuming I can eat carnival food. I can't eat most of it. Uh, if I could, though, going by smell, funnel cake smells pretty good. You can't go wrong with frying dough. <laughs> <laughs> Name a word that starts with the letter Q. Quintessential. Oh, Okay, I for some reason in my mind it was a name. Name a name that starts. Okay, so a word that starts with quintessential. Very good. That could also be a name. It could. Quintessential. That's right. Uh climb a mountain or jump from a plane. Okay. Here's if you know me, you know I'm not a big fan of planes, though I still fly on them. I would love to fly through the air for a little bit. I can't guarantee that I would not be passed out the entire time. So that oh, if you, before you jumped money. off, before yeah. you jumped off, you would pass out. Okay. Maybe. So maybe climb a mountain by by default, right? If you were really hungry, would you eat a bug? I mean, if I was really hungry, I'd eat a person. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> okay, we'll go with yes on that. Did you go to sleepaway summer camp as a kid? I think so. As like a little kid? Uh, sure, I think so, right? No, not as a little kid. No? As a teen, you went to, you know, summer, some, yeah, sleepaway summer camp. Uh, no, I did. Like at school, like um, there were different little things. A sleepaway camp through school? Yeah, you know, like um, eighth grade trip or oh, something. Oh, DC. Like okay. And, All right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. You went the eighth grade DC trip and summer camp as a teen. Yes. How long can you hold your breath for? I haven't timed it when I'm swimming a lot. I think a decent amount. I have been swimming in a bit, so not as well. An indecent amount. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever seen a kangaroo in person? I have. We are living in a city with one of the best zoos. And so I have seen a kangaroo. They're very cute. When people stand up for a standing ovation, are you usually one of the earlier (laughs) people to stand up or one of the later? Did you add this? No, I didn't. But when I, I, I didn't even really look at the questions, but I saw, oh, one of them's got to do something with the standing ovation. This should be good. Oh, yeah. Juicy. Yeah, we recently just saw a play that shall remain unnamed. And it was very okay. And it has become commonplace to give a standing ovation to every play that everyone sees, no matter the quality of it. I refuse to stand. I won't. If I don't think it's not good, I'm not going to stand. I don't care how many people are standing or sitting. I don't care. That's my way of showing not in like a petty way, but just like 
you know? Like, I don't think that that would, I think that could have been better. Yes. And uh, you're, you're right. There's a real propensity to, to just automatically start standing. After. And maybe people are just so excited that COVID's over and they can actually go see theater. They're standing up like, great, you do you. I'm going to stay seated. I think this started before COVID. The, the, you know, the the standard for what we stand for, I feel, has has shifted. Yes. Yes. I have some, well, anyway, okay, my turn, <laughs> my turn, because I could, we could go off on this topic alone. Tapas or pasta? Oh gosh, uh, I'm gonna. Uh, I think it really depends on the topic, and it depends on the pasta. You know, I think, like you, oftentimes there are ingredients I can't have in the tapa, and pasta is one I can more kind of control the ingredients. Like, you know, okay, pesto's fine, but let's not put the whatever on it or whatever. Like your lemon, um, not tortellini, but. Yes, a lemon cream sauce on a spinach ricotta ravioli, which is absolutely delicious. But I even that I put on a like a bread plate and I kind of minimize the sauce because cream is not my friend. It tastes good, but it's not my friend. So, so I saying, have to I have to minimize. Yes. You're saying you make your pasta into a tapas. Exactly. That's exactly <laughs> what I do. I make my Pasta yes. The best of both worlds. Ask permission. Oops, mic's a little hot. Ask permission or beg for forgiveness. I, I think ask permission. I think, first of all, I don't even like the word permission. Who am I asking permission from? I don't even like that what that conjures up. That's that I have to ask somebody to do something. I don't like that. Um, I'm not well, sure what word I would like. Hey, would you do like Hey, would you do this for me? That's a favor. Okay. That's a favor. So I don't even like the word permission. And it would like you, I I wonder where you get it. (laughs) And like you, the begging, why am I begging for forgiveness? Why am I begging for forgiveness? Now, there certainly are times in my life when I will, and this would be the exception to saying you're sorry in in a way that is very heartfelt and thoughtful because you, you miss the mark in mm-hmm. some way and you're aware that you miss the mark, then it would be like, wow, that did not come off. That came off snarky or that came off whatever. And I'm sorry for that. And, you know, will you forgive me? I mean, there's not a, you know, maybe, I don't know the forgiveness thing. It's not something I really ask a lot for, but I, I feel that I am a person and perhaps you can correct me. <laughs> if I'm wrong, that that I'm very willing to take accountability and responsibility for missing the mark for sure, because I strongly believe it's what you do next that matters after the missing the mark, the air, whatever it was, you know, it's what you do next that matters the most in that situation. And I I really hold to that. Yeah, no, I think I agree with that. And also because you're cutthroat and you live without regrets. <laughs> oh you're so funny um if the toilet paper is on the roll it's really low but not completely out do you replace it or do you leave it for someone else you know i i actually will i will actually put in a new toilet paper roll when there's maybe like a quarter of an inch of roll left you know and i'll do that with paper towels too and you know sometimes ron will say well why are you doing this 
It's not out yet, but it's close. It's close to being out. It's close to being out. So, yes. That, That would be my preferred way to handle that situation. I'm sure there have been times when it's like, uh, yeah, yeah, just continue on. How many redheads are you? <laughs> um, uh, Therese, her daughter, Sienna, uh, Sarah without an age. Those are the three that come to mind. There's going to be some very sad. They've all three been on the show, are- actually, now that I think about it. They all three have been on the show. I can't think of any other redheads, but they've all been on. Well, there's one listening that's very sad. I know. I who did I miss? <laughs> I, if I miss someone, I Lucienta triangle with two equal sides. Well, you know, I was a fifth grade teacher. I gotta go isosceles. Is that what it is? I'm Are you sure. Pretty sure. Would you bet all your redheaded friends? I would, and I just looked it up, and it is isosceles. Good job. Okay. Something retained from teaching fifth grade for so many years. <laughs> What's your favorite carnival food? You know, what is carnival food? I, I mean, I think of like turkey leg, funnel, no. popcorn. Oh, no. Um, really big pickles that have been in the sun no. for a long time. <laughs> no. I got to go cotton candy by default then, because I, I know that it's basically just air and sugar. And um, I would have I, I would have that. Um, Over all of the aforementioned items. (laughs) Name a word that starts with the letter Q. Quincy. Oh, a name? Okay. I went with a name. Yes, I did. I went with a name. Add one more word that starts with a Q and we'll have a movie title. Quintessential Quincy. (laughs) It's nothing but quintessential Quincy. Yes. It That's sounds a, like more and more like uh, a show my grandmother would watch, a cowboy show. Quintus, yeah. Quintus. Yeah. If it was a cowboy show, definitely. Definitely. Quincy's coming down from the hills. Pa, get up, get up. Quintessential Quincy. <laughs> That's that quintessential Quincy coming into town. Uh, climb a mountain or jump from a plane? Well, I have to climb the mountain over jumping from a plane because I, I the height thing uh, I I can't imagine that moment of the jump. I, I have done a zip lining one time. Check off the bucket list. I don't ever need to do it again. Not ever, ever, ever. Uh, so I, by default, I got to climb a mountain. Okay. What about climb a plane, jump a mountain? Mm, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Very noncommittal. Well dodged. Well dodged. <laughs> if you were really hungry, would you eat a bug? Oh, I'm really hungry. I think I'd eat leaves and flowers before I'd start eating a bug. I, I think the crunch, I'm assuming there'd be a crunch depending on the kind of insect or bug, which I'm kind of thinking most of them have a crunch. Okay. I, yeah, I, I think I got it. No, I don't think I can no. do it. Okay. I just recently apologized to a moth that I inadvertently killed. No. I know he was kind of, you know, f- kind of scrambling around. And I was like, come on, get out, get out and try to get him up and out of the, the bowl of the sink. And he he stuck even more so to oh. the sink. And then his little wing dust stuff was all over. And then I was just like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. 
was trying to save you. I was trying to save you. And then I just felt terrible. And then you, but, but he, yeah, he had, yeah. I, I, then I decided, okay, you're suffering. This is not good. Not on my watch. Now he's in sewer adventures. Yeah. Now. Yeah. 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 I, you know, it's strange. I did feel bad about that. Oh my gosh. You're in the outback starving. It's been a week without food. (sighs) Quintessential Quincy (laughs) is next to you. He's not going to make it. Do you eat quintessential Quincy? No. No? Okay. No. I mean, I'm not much of a meat eater anyway. So now I'm eating a person. That's even a bigger jump than <laughs> than eating animals. I I can't. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, I, uh, I can't see it happening. Did you go to sleepaway summer camp as a kid? Um, I think I did. Uh, yeah. It was certainly sixth grade camp. And then once uh, going into sixth grade camp, I did. I, I didn't like it. Um, I don't think I was really ready to be away from home. Okay. Sixth grade camp I like better because of course all my friends were there. That that was much more fun. How long can you hold your breath? Not that long. I'm gonna say 30, 40 seconds, probably could do. Okay. Have you ever seen a kangaroo in person? Well, like you in a zoo, I think I would be fearful to see one in real life. Only in that they're supposed to be very strong with their kick. Yeah. So I don't do, I think. Yeah. I don't want to like get in the, you know, any kind of irritation from create any kind of an annoyance in the kangaroo that would result in my being kicked or boxed by the said kangaroo. Although it would be cool to see one in real life. Other even more in their natural surrounding, that would be cool. You know, I want to just like, Across the living room, one one in the morning. If it was a Joey, that would be fun. You'll have to look up like buff kangaroo on Google Images. It's frightening. Oh, no. It can get so Oh. When people stand up for a standing ovation, are you usually one of the earlier people to stand up or one of the later? This is assuming, the question is assuming that you do it all. Do it all. Well, probably... It depends on, um, obviously, the play. If there was a standout for me in the cast, I will stand on that person's uh, bow because I I want it to be known that I thought they were a particular standout. Now, in the play that will not be named, there was very quick standing, and I eventually joined them more because – I couldn't see any more than anything. Although, as we've discussed, uh, the two that played mothers, I thought were absolutely standouts, fabulous. So sold out just a little bit. Yeah, just a little (laughs) bit. I did just a little bit. Yeah. All right. That concludes our questions. Those have been a lot of fun. And we're going to probably go to our more classic traditional questions, starting with the next episode. Right now, we're going to be talking to Sean about something that has been a part of his life for actually a lot of his life, but most particularly these last three years. If any of you know us or know him um, separate from me, then you know that he has always been plagued with digestive issues from the time he was a little tyke, a little guy, 
I mean, he was on that brat diet that was so popular, bananas, rice, applesauce, toast, many times as a kid. And um, more recently, he's had um, troubles with his digestion to the point where he's down to like four foods for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Sean, why don't you walk us through? And why do we talk about this? We're talking about this because it's real. We're talking about this because it's a part of a big part of his story. And maybe you can relate on some level, if not exactly digestively, but maybe in another kind of chronic way with something that you have to deal with or a a very dear loved one has to deal with. And let's see if we can uh, get a peek into maybe um, what you might be learning from all of this. Because again, this is one of those things that is hard you would never sign up for. And yet here you are. When did you notice that? I mean, looking back over your life, when do you think you realized, I think I have some stomach issues? I don't know. I think there were like several times, even in like elementary or grade school or whatever, where I can think of like, oh yeah, I had a like staying the night at someone's house and maybe I ate food that like I wouldn't normally and then had like a stomach ache, Mm -hmm. stuff like that. So it definitely got worse. Like as I went into high school, it was quotation marks, IBS, and it got really bad. Um, Yeah. All right. And this most recent one, this most recent, kind of chronic thing started about three years ago. Why don't you walk us through uh, that? And so, what do yeah. you think that was? Well, so I had IBS for a really long time. IBS is an acronym that stands for irritable bowel syndrome, which some people like, it's a very blanket term, you know, for I think a lot of digestive things that are going on and they're continuing to research, but there's not a lot of research in it because it doesn't kill people, which is a shame. And not, not a shame that it <laughs> kill people. But... That'll be the title. Shame. The title of this episode will be, yeah. I be it's a shame IBS doesn't kill. <laughs> yeah. It's a shame that not more research is going into there it because go. it affects a lot of people. Um, and so there is like one sort of, head doctor that runs a team, obviously, um, Dr. Pimentel, I think Cedar sinai um, in Los Angeles. And they're finding out that um, a lot of SIBO, which is small intestinal bacterial overgrowth and IBS are actually autoimmune diseases. Hmm. And um, it has to do with, I, I'm not going to remember all the different names for everything. So you can go online and watch his stuff. I think it's P-I-M-E-N-T-E-L, Pimentel. Um, but essentially like for some people you get a bad bacteria in your stomach, um, and then it releases a toxin and it affects the lining of your intestines and then your body, like it's similar to the lining of the intestine or something like that. So your body continually, like if not outright attacking the intestines, it's affecting it in some way. Mm -hmm. And so for like SIBO the um the waves like w- between eating waves go through your intestines and that's how the f- food gets moved through mm-hmm. like, like moving meat through a sausage i don't know <laughs> like old school uh and um 
and so yeah, that, it, and then the bacteria gets because bacteria is not supposed to be in your small intestine, and then it ends up getting stuck there, and then they end up eating food that goes through, and then they end up producing gas, and usually that wouldn't be a problem, but that's not an area that they're supposed to be, so the gas has a hard time getting out. And then your intestines are probably irritated, and then they're getting inflated, which irritates them even more, yada, yada, yada. And it's just a, a big old bummer. But the thing that happened now almost three and a half years ago is I had, um, I don't, we don't know 100%, but uh, one doctor I've seen thinks maybe it was like C. diff or one of those like antibiotic resistant, you know, mm-hmm. um, things. and that I had it because I ended up going to the emergency room because I was so sick. And they said, oh, you're fine. And so I talked to my gastro doctor. They prescribed me um, two medications. One of them was Flagyl, and uh, it messed me up. And it's three and a half, almost three and a half years later, and I still haven't recovered from it. Mm. And um, And we learned talking later that you had a, decades ago had a terrible reaction to the same medication so it might just be like genetic wise for whatever reason like our body just cannot handle that mm-hmm. i know that at the time um so yeah it just completely uh destroyed my body and it it makes it so brain fog you'll hear people talk about that what that means is sort of like a muddling of the mind mm-hmm. so imagine like being woken up in the middle of the night you know, and I and I gave you a mathematical formula. <laughs> you're like, you know, your brain's like, what? You know, like you can't even piece it together. But it's like that all the time. So that's sort of what brain fog is. So like, uh, for th- almost three and a half years, I haven't been able to fully use my brain capacity. I haven't really read a full book. You know, like reading is really hard because you read the words, but they don't necessarily stick mm-hmm. to your brain. And so you'll just keep reading this, you know, like if you're tired, you keep reading the same sentence over and over again. And you're like, okay, it's time to go to bed. But this is just all the time. And it's hard to focus. Um, it comes with like fatigue, just feeling really tired all the time. And the, I'm not sure how to put it. The, I don't know. When, I guess one of the drawbacks to it is on the outside, you look fine. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a non-presenting illness. Well, Sean, you look fine. Okay. I'm not. Right. You know, I mean, I'm, I think I'm slowly getting better with different supplements and medications we've been trying and stuff like that. But it's a very, very long road, you know, because we essentially think there's your brain has a barrier, a blood barrier around it. And we essentially think mine was very heavily damaged. And it's taking a lot of time to try and build that back up. Um, but yeah, so some people don't get it, you know? Oh, you don't look sick. You're fine. Do and, you feel like progress has been made looking back the last three plus years? I think so. Like comparing mm-hmm. it to like when I first got it, I think so. Mm-hmm. But it's been slow. and uh draining and like now my stomach stuff plays off the brain stuff so it then it's like 
you have to figure out the stomach stuff in order to fully fix the brain stuff. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it's hard to balance it all. So not only dealing with that, the the brain stuff, the fatigue, the brain fog, all of that, but then dealing with SIBO, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, where I now, like you said, I'm only eating four foods because everything else at night makes me painfully sick, you know, and then can also affect uh, my brain. We're like, I notice like on really bad days, my anxiety whoop, and depression through the roof. Mm. And, you know, they're doing more and more studies that show that like your gut bacteria, your, your, they call your stomach, your second brain, mm. you know? Interesting. And so I'm sure through more testing, they're really going to show like bacteria has a huge impact on your mental health. I'm not saying it's all of it, you know, but it right. is a big part of it. And so you got to take care of your stomach health in order to take care of your brain health. Well, that's all. It's so interesting, all that you've almost been required to learn because you've chosen to advocate for yourself. What are the four foods you're eating? <laughs> Shout out to the four foods I'm eating. Um, like chicken or turkey and white rice and um, cooked carrots and cucumber with no peel on it. Okay. And I will have salt. Uh, and that's it. Maybe a little bit of olive oil because I need some fat in there because the chicken and the turkey don't have a lot of fat in it. Um, so that's breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Yeah. And I told you, you were on a trip and I was help watching your house. And um, I was watching the Great British Bake Off. <laughs> and for me, I, I haven't eaten sugar in like three plus years. And for me, like all the cakes and stuff, while beautiful, like uh, they look really gross to me because I don't eat sugar I don't it just looks like way too much but when they got to pizza week and bread week I was like oh my gosh (laughs) so good (laughs) (laughs) well those don't have sugar generally speaking so maybe one day you'll be able to have those again what have I'm sure that you know when we go through these hard things that we again would not sign up for we end up, if we're open, learning things. What have you learned? If you have, Well, I guess, have you been open to what this might be teaching you? And, and if so, what have you learned? I think so. Because uh, my outlook has changed even if, yeah. Like the first year, I just wanted to die. I didn't want to live and some of the second year too. And now it's like, there are days if it's like super, super bad, you know, Mm -hmm. where it's like, I really need my brain today and I can't use it. You know, like I'm trying to memorize lines for a show right now. And it's like, I'm, I'm beholden to, okay, is my, is the fog so thick that I can't learn anything today? You know, um, so I want to say like patience, but I don't even know if that's the right word for it. Endurance mm-hmm. is a better word for it. Um, and I think you used the phrase or word. Um, oh, what did you say? Um, advo- advocate to like self-advocate. Mm-hmm. Because if I 
hadn't, and you had a shout out to you, had encouraged me to continue advocating for myself, nothing would have been solved because my regular doctors were like, oh, we took some blood tests, you're fine. No, I'm not fine. Okay, we took some more tests, you're fine. I'm not fine. Well, we don't know. (laughs) Okay, so now I'm going to other places, paying out of pocket, trying to figure out um, what is going, you know, just what is going on with my body and then can we fix it right having to even recently with the doctor okay we tested for these two bacteria in your stomach okay but i know that they have a test for the third one oh i i I just want to test the two original ones got the test back okay well those were negative okay but what about the third one Mm. you know like you have to And this isn't like a shout out, not a shout out. This is a call out to doctors, but you know, they're seeing a lot of people. And if something's wrong, you really have to say like, well, I think you always taught me the phrase, like that doesn't work for me, (laughs) (laughs) you know, because sometimes you have to go because sometimes they think they know better and oftentimes they've studied medicine. So they do, but they don't know how you feel. Right. They can't step inside your body. But if they had that technology, like imagine, you know, to be like, people feel pain in different ways and in different intensities. And Right. Well, and you know when you're not feeling right. You know when you're not feeling yourself. I mean, you yeah. know that. And you may or may not be able to fully articulate that. But you you know it. It's like a gut feeling. You know that something is not right. Well, I'm very introspective and in tune with my body. And so I know, yeah, when something's uh, something's not quite right. And now imagine that feeling that for three and a half years. So now it's the flip. Now it's every once in a while, I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel really great. And you get excited, but then you also don't want to get too excited because you know it probably is not going to last for very long. Mm. Well, I I, I hear what you're saying, and I no doubt would be exactly the same way. I I am hopeful that as you have those kind of moments, that you have a glimpse of what could be and what what is fleeting could be, you know, a little more on the permanent side. That, that of course, is the hope. And I would say as somebody who has watched you go through this, from more of an outside position, I greatly see how you have grown in advocacy because I think you started this journey. Um, you know, you're not what you, you, the kind of personality you have, you don't like to ruffle feathers. So, um, and it, it's not a lot of times those of us who are willing to do that, it's not like I want to ruffle feathers for the sake of ruffling feathers. It's that I've got to get this point across to you or, and I think another great phrase is help me understand, help me, you know, that to me is a really good, because when I say that, I really mean it. Help me understand why. Uh, okay, this is just a silly example. It's got nothing to do with health, but we were recently on vacation and we were at a, a higher end restaurant 
and uh, having dinner and right to the left of me and forward about, so within three feet of me was this pillar. And on, on one side of the pillar was a big tray full of dirty dishes. And they didn't, they didn't take the tray away very often. In the whole course of the dinner, they probably took it away twice. So my view while eating this nice dinner, if I looked at all off of the center, off of the center of my eye line, that whole left side, I was treated to a view of people's dirty juices, the, the stuff they hadn't eaten, what have you. And I just thought that was absurd to have that experience at a nicer restaurant. And so eventually I, I told the server, may I speak to your manager? And she said, yes. I said, oh, and it's not, I wanted her to know instantly. It's not you. You've been great. I didn't want her to feel like, "Uh uh-oh, what did I do to this lady? I wanted her to feel, you know, you've been great. It's not you. So when he came over, I just said, you know, help me understand why in my eye line, there is this tray of dirty dishes. I mean, this is a nicer restaurant and this is what I'm seeing while I eat. And um, he said, yeah, well, you know, to walk all the way to the kitchen, it's pretty far. And in my mind, I'm thinking, you got to be kidding. You just walk to the kitchen. If it's far, then you walk quickly. You used to be a server. Yeah, I used to be a server. So these things, you know, mattered to me. Um, Anyway, that's a whole aside. But the fact of of saying, help me understand why this is a practice for you guys, why whoever sits at this two top is going to always be looking at these three dishes. Out of sight. Yeah. Anyway, that's a whole <laughs> little side story to, to illustrate the help me understand. But I really did want to understand. Um, and yes, you have become a great advocate for yourself, a great advocate. Yeah, still learning. And and we're always learning stuff. I just have seen you grow tremendously in that way. And I I think that's something that is very important because nobody is going to advocate for you the way that you can advocate for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I think it paid off because like leaving that certain job recently where it was like, you're not treating myself or other people well. You know, and finally, enough advocacy for oneself to be like, I'm done. Right. Absolutely. As best you can extricate yourself from unhealthy situations, absolutely do it because it's just hardly worth it. Now, obviously, there are people who, you know, have much harder uh, lives. I think we've been very fortunate in many ways to be born where we were born, raised where we were raised. I mean, all those things, but, you know, we have obviously friends who live in uh, developing countries who are lucky to get a job at all and they don't get paid very well. So, you know, there's, there's always another own stuff. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. There's always another way to look at it. I really appreciate that about you. You have learned in, to endure well and you have learned a kind of patience. Again, nothing you would have signed up for. My biggest hope is that you will, this is on, it will soon be in your rearview mirror and you will uh, really continue to be able to 
kind of pull from this and say, oh, this worked, this didn't. And now I'm, I'm actually better off through that experience, even though it, it was not something I wanted to do. From your lips to God's ears. <laughs> That's right. And this concludes our latest episode with Sean. Thank you once again, Sean. You are a good pinch hitter man and an even better son. Didn't play a lot of sports, so making up for it now. <laughs> okay. Very good. All right. Thanks for the conversation. Thanks for being you. I've accepted my lot as cheerleader, head encourager, while asking questions to keep the brainstorming going. What is the latest? What does that doctor say? What does the other doctor say? Is there a new plan? What about the Mayo Clinic? Sean's been to many doctors, tried many meds, supplements, etc. It's definitely a wait and see kind of a thing and proving very hard to keep the hope alive. Of course, my despair pales in comparison to what Sean actually lives day in and day out. No restaurants, no enjoying family meals, eating four foods and four foods only. Poultry, white rice, cooked carrots, and peeled cucumber. Oy vey. Sometimes I wonder why the answer is no to the healing prayers I send up. And yes, I'm aware some people have it worse. I'm sad for them too. The Unabashed You website has a page for each guest, filled with photos, quotes, and a blog with embedded audio at unabashedyou.com. You can find the show on other podcast platforms. Want to lend your support and encouragement? We invite you to subscribe, follow, rate, review, and share. On Instagram and Facebook, you can find us under Unabashed You. If you want to connect, the email is unabashedyou at gmail.com for questions, comments, and anything else. If you want to be part of our weekly emailing list highlighting the week's episode, give us a shout. We'd be happy to add you, and your info will never be shared. Website visits, social media, and word of mouth in sharing these episodes makes us discoverable, so thanks for your support there. We want these conversations to help you think, celebrate who you are, and move you in some way. Be encouraged as you continue to listen, read, and be inspired. And now a prayer for those who need healing. God, thank you for proving that nothing is impossible for you. There is no sickness you cannot heal, no disease you cannot cure, no heart you cannot hold, and no darkness you cannot drive out. You are above all things, and it is by you all things are held together. So right now, I give you thanks for all that you've done and for who you are. Amen. And that is from you version. Be unabashed. Be you. (laughs) 